0: It's so In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Fellow <laughs> redeemed, we all have expectations, don't we? Young couples have them when they get married, as well do older couples. Workers have them when they take a new job, as well as those who are on the verge of retirement. Students have them heading into summer, or getting into college, or upon graduation. And every fall around election time, voters have them of politicians. Ultimately, we all have expectations. Expectations of ourselves, of our family and friends, classmates, and workers. We all have expectations of the things that go on around us, even of life itself. And yet, in the face of unmet expectations, well, we're left with disappointments, aren't we? Having walked with Jesus for roughly three years, the disciples had certain expectations of Jesus. They heard his preaching. They witnessed his miracles. And yet some of the expectations that they had of Jesus were unrealistic, if not completely wrong. <clears throat> Consider for a moment the d- two disciples on their way to Emmaus, what they said. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. That is, they expected Jesus to come and deliver Israel from Rome, And so it is on the night when he was to be betrayed, Jesus said some things that his disciples are to expect. He said some hard things, in fact. They will put you out of synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you think, will think he is offering service to God. The disciples should expect suffering. They should expect to be persecuted for the faith. The truth be told, this shouldn't come as a surprise. The reason for this is that Jesus himself was persecuted. Through his preaching and his miracles, Jesus reveals that he's the promised Messiah. He's the one sent by God to redeem man from their sin. And yet, people believe they can save themselves through their own works. And as Jesus spoke a different message, a message of the gospel, people hated him. And they sought to kill him. It's this message of Christ crucified for sinners that the disciples would be sent to bear witness to. And yet, while they knew more about Jesus than any other person had ever known... Well, they were still sorely lacking. They weren't ready to face the ridicule and violent persecution that was coming their way. Consider for a moment those who would stone Stephen. They thought they were protecting God's holy name from blasphemy. Think of Saul who would zealously hunt down Christians. He confidently believed that he was serving God's holy name. Jesus knew that his disciples would need help beyond their own strength, beyond their own resolve, beyond their own courage in the face of this persecution that was coming to them. And so, while the disciples were to expect persecution, Jesus tells them that they should also expect a helper. That is, the Holy Spirit. Jesus also calls him a spirit of truth. Because he will bear witness to the one who is the truth. That is, Jesus. And as a spirit of truth, there will be no false word that comes from his mouth. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And the disciples should expect God to send them a helper. Spirit of truth, that is, the Holy Spirit. And while God will send them the Holy Spirit, He won't stop the world from making life difficult from the disciples, even putting them to death. But the Holy Spirit will comfort them by bringing the words and works of Jesus to their remembrance. And he will bring to remembrance these things as they pin those letters which will be read by Christians throughout the world, Christians throughout centuries, Christians even today and until the end of time. And it's through these inspired scriptures, these inspired words, that the spirit of truth continues to bear witness to Jesus. Today, today, it's this word that uh, reveals Christ has redeemed you, a lost and condemned person. Not with gold or silver, but with his holy and precious blood and with his innocent and suffering death upon the cross. And now in the waters of holy baptism, you were made clean from all of your sins, rescued from death. Consider what the Old Testament uh, for this day says says I God will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules In baptism You have God's Spirit, not just working on your heart, but dwelling in your heart. The new man in you delights in the things of God. He delights in walking in the statutes of God. He delights in obeying God's rules. Your new heart of flesh rightly bears witness to your neighbor about the saving works of Jesus. And yet... As a child of God, you should have realistic expectations of what this new life in Christ looks like. It doesn't mean your best life now. It doesn't mean that you have a life that's free from crosses. Consider what St. Paul writes in his second letter to Timothy. He says, Indeed, all who desire to live live godly lives in Christ will suffer persecution. Think of St. Peter's words in the epistles for this day. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's suffering. Think of Jesus' words to his disciples They will put you out of synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he's offering service to God. They will do these things because they have not known the Father, nor me. Think of the individuals down through the centuries who have cheered on as Christians were beheaded, were buried alive, were eaten by ferocious animals. Think of those individuals who applaud politicians today for having Christians arrested, thrown in prison, for speaking the truth of God's Word. They do these things because they have not known the Father, nor His Son, Jesus. The world certainly has expectations, doesn't it? They believe that they can change the world, that they can mold it, conform it to what they believe is true and right. Look at what they're doing with what it means to be a man or what it means to be a woman. And yet, Christians stand in the way of this change. And so it is that those who speak the truth of God's word, condemning the world's lies, are labeled as bigots, as haters. There's the possibility of losing one's business, or home, or even life. Bearing witness to Christ brings with it ridicule and violent persecution. Fellow redeemed, you should have realistic expectations for what it means to be a Christian. And Jesus tells you all of these things today. To keep you from falling away. That is, to keep you from falling away from the one true faith. Because it can happen. Unfortunately, we know individuals who have fallen away from the faith. Scripture doesn't teach, once saved, always saved. And so in the face of lawlessness, in the face of the indoctrinating religion of secular atheism... In the face of growing persecution against God's saints on earth, you need help against the temptations of this fleeting life, of falling away. You need help against unbelief. In the face of this sin, your greatest need is the sure and certain hope of God's love for you in Christ Jesus. And this is what the Holy Spirit brings to you through the sure and certain word of God. Holy Spirit won't stop the world from making life difficult for you, just as he didn't do it for the disciples. However, you should expect that he'll not only convict you of your sins, but you should also expect that he'll comfort you with the message that Christ has come into the world to confront our sins. And death. He has come into the world to tear down the devil's kingdom, to defeat these innocent or these enemies. Uh, excuse me, these enemies by his holy obedience and through his innocent suffering and death on the cross, and through his glorious resurrection from the dead. Holy Spirit comforts us with this truth. Where the Word of God is proclaimed and the sacraments are rightly administered. And so it is that even in the face of persecution, you can rejoice because you've been given the words of eternal life. And through the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Spirit of truth reveals to you today that Jesus lives. He, whose ascension we celebrated this past Thursday night, didn't ascend to get away from you. As true God and true man, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, ruling over all things for the sake of his church, for your sake. And with the Father and the Holy Spirit, he sends forth the Holy... Sorry, with the Father, Jesus sends forth the Holy Spirit to give you expectations that are real, that are eternal. You're to expect God's steadfast love will endure forever. You're to expect that He doesn't keep a record of any of your sins. You're to expect that He'll never leave you or forsake you in your time of need. You are to expect that He'll be the stronghold of your life, your light, and your salvation. You are to expect that to live is Christ and to die is gain. That to depart and to be with Christ is far better. You are to expect that Jesus will come again. And to rejoice when His glory is revealed. And on that day, with body and soul reunited, you are to expect a new day, a day void of sin and death, a day full of love and truth and life. You are to expect a new day, a new beginning, a new heavens and a new earth with all those who have fought the good fight of faith and most especially to be joined with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for all eternity. God be praised. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.